Philippians 4, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Zintike to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace Will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want you to imagine something for me for a moment. I want you to imagine having to say goodbye to someone close to you. Perhaps it's a loved one, a family member, friend, or co-worker. You're saying goodbye and you honestly don't know if you will ever see them again. Maybe you're moving. Maybe they're moving. I don't know the reason, but there's a good chance you may never see this person ever again. And that pains you. The thought of not seeing this person leaves you with a void in your soul. It's not a good feeling. So my question to you is, what would you say to this person? If you were saying goodbye for possibly the last time, what would you want to say to them? You see, this is exactly the situation Paul finds himself in as we come to the closing chapter of Philippians. Paul, who's in prison, is not quite sure if he will ever see this church and its members ever again. This letter may be the last communication he has with them. Now, spoiler alert, we do know that Paul does indeed make it back to Philippi, and he is reunited with this first church of his. But he didn't know that at the time of this writing. And so, not knowing he would see them again, Paul cho chooses to speak words of encouragement, affection, and instruction. Paul lets this church know how deeply he cares for them and how much they mean to him, as well as a, a word of encouragement and teaching. Paul writes, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Again, we, we have a therefore, so we need to know why it's therefore. And so we go back to last week in our heavenly citizenship. Our greatest citizenship as Christ followers is our heavenly citizenship. And we need to have our minds and eyes on heavenly things and matters, not earthly matters. That doesn't mean we ignore the world around us, but as we talked about last week, we need to live in such a way that we bring heaven to earth. And so in light of our heavenly citizenship, Paul encourages and instructs the Philippians and us to stand firm in the Lord. 
Paul describes them as my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Again, Paul must have been a sports fan. The word for joy and crown describes the crown an athlete would receive after winning a race. It was a crown given based on achievement. And so as the Philippians stood firm in the Lord, they were Paul's trophy. They were his pride and joy. So Paul, not knowing if he would ever see these people again, writes to them and says to them, Stand firm in the Lord. Given their heavenly citizenship, given our heavenly citizenship, we are called to stand firm in the Lord. Is that not a word for us today? Given all that we are surrounded with, all the uncertainty, all the division in our country, all the back and forth, an invisible virus that's attacking our world, aren't we in need of this word of encouragement to stand firm in the Lord? Because if we aren't careful, we can easily get distracted. We can get distracted in our politics, division, 24-hour news, crazy social media posts, daily statistics, and on and on and on. We can easily get distracted by earthly matters and forget about our heavenly citizenship. And if we aren't careful, we can fall. The opposite of standing is falling. And if we aren't careful, and if we aren't living out our heavenly citizenship here on earth, we will fall flat on our face. We will get caught up in division and foolish arguments. And that's when we act unlike citizens of heaven. And we make a fool of ourselves and the faith that we claim to have. Paul wants the Philippians to stand firm in the Lord. And we're called to do the same. But how do we do that? How, how can we stand firm in the Lord given all the earthly distractions? Well, this is where Paul gives instructions to the Philippians and us. He says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I think this is the third or fourth time in Paul's letter that he has brought up joy or rejoicing. Paul has repeatedly told the Philippians to choose joy in every circumstance. And again, joy comes from the Lord. It comes from having a close, deep, personal relationship with God. And it's not based on our outward circumstances. It's based on our relationship with the Father. So we stand firm in the Lord by rejoicing and having joy in the Lord. We stand firm in spite of outward circumstances by living on the joy that comes from God and nothing else. And notice that Paul says rejoice. To rejoice is to show joy. It means to show joy. It doesn't mean just to hold on to that joy for yourself, but we are meant to share that joy with others. Other people need to see the joy you have in the Lord. And we can do that in so many ways. We can rejoice by telling others about our relationship with God. We can rejoice by letting others know the joy we have in the Lord despite the situations and events happening around us. We can rejoice by continuing to serve one another no matter what. And I love how Paul says, I will say it again, rejoice. 
In case you didn't hear me the first or the second or the third time, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. We stand firm in the Lord by rejoicing in the Lord always. And then Paul says, let, all, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. That word for gentleness can also be translated as patience or softness or a patient mind, unwillingness to fight. I like that last translation, an unwillingness to fight. I was recently told through another person that my posts on social media were very much appreciated. They particularly appreciated the gentle tone of my post. Now, I'm not saying this to brag. In fact, it's the opposite. Because do you know what I have to do in order to get that gentle tone? Usually, I have to delete one or two or ten posts before I get to that gentle tone. I often spend several days thinking about what I'm going to post on a particular topic. It's not something that I just thought of right then and sent it out to the world to see because the whole world can see it once you post something in case you weren't aware of it. So my gentle tone takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes a lot of holding back what I would really like to say in order to really stick it to somebody. But instead, it takes me having an unwillingness to fight. It's my desire to let gentleness be evident to all. But too often, I see people commenting and debating and posting based off their initial reaction to something. They don't spend time thinking about it. They don't spend any time thinking about how their words may hurt somebody. But Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all. To all. That means everyone. That means all people. That means even if someone spoke harshly to you. That means even if someone hurt you. That means even when you vehemently disagree with someone, let your gentleness be evident to all. That's how we stand firm in the Lord. Gentleness. You don't have to win every battle. You don't have to be right all the time. Gentleness to all. Make it be evident. That's how we stand firm in the Lord. And Paul continues, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. Pray. If you want to stand firm in the Lord, we can't live with worry and anxiousness. Remember what we talked about on our Wednesday online study. Jesus says to us in Matthew 6, do not worry about your life. And I know that's easier said than done. Believe me, in these uncertain times, worry and being anxious are easy to come by. But notice that Paul isn't suggesting this. He is commanding it. He's instructing the Philippians and us to replace worry with prayer. Let God share the burden of your worry. Give your concerns over to God and let God take care of it. Like we talked about this week, work on the things you can change and give over to God the rest. 
And, and when we realize that we are citizens of heaven, that Jesus will come again and make all things right and new, we are then able to release the anxiety that keeps us trapped and focused on earthly things. And when we release our anxieties through prayer, then God's peace comes over us. And that peace is able to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this peace isn't a peace this world understands. It's not peace between two nations, though, that we pray for that. It's peace that comes from God. This peace acts like a guard to ward off feelings of stress and anxiety and worry. It reminds us that the Lord is near and it enables us to stand firm in the Lord. Do not be anxious. Pray and God will give you peace. Paul goes on. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul is saying it matters what we think about. It matters what we let our minds think about. It matters what we meditate on. We become what we think about. So in an age of constant information from all sides, from credible, non-credible sources, we have to be diligent about what we think about. And it's not enough to just not think about certain things. We have to be intentional about the things we do think about. Paul says to think about things that are true. In a world where so many things claim to be true, that can be hard. However, I know God's Word, the Bible's true. So when in doubt, think about God's Word. Read God's Word. Think about what's noble and right, pure, lovely, admirable. And Paul writes, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Again, it matters what we put in our minds and what we think about. We stand firm in the Lord by thinking on good things. And then we end with verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Once again, Paul is telling the Philippians to look to his example. If they try to imitate him, they will be imitating Christ because Paul is becoming more like Jesus. And so in addition to following Paul, who are you following? Are you following people who are becoming more like Christ? Or are you following people who are leading you away from Christ? There's so many wonderful examples of Christ followers in our own church. I'm not going to mention them by name because I don't want them to get a big head. Although because they're following Christ, they probably wouldn't. That whole uh, being humble thing. But we've got to be careful who we're following. Because in order to stand firm in the Lord, we need to follow others who are already standing firm in the Lord. And then here's another thing. Are you aware that others are following you as well? People are watching you to see how you follow Jesus. Where are you leading them? Hopefully you're leading them to Jesus by continuing to stand firm. I know these days where we haven't all been together, it can seem difficult to stand firm in the Lord. All the distractions, all, uh, all the worry, all the struggle. But again, 
We are to stand firm because of our heavenly citizenship. And being a citizen of heaven means there's always hope, no matter what. That's why we stand firm. And Paul has shown us how to do just that. Rejoice, be gentle, don't worry, pray, think on good things, and follow good people who are becoming more and more like Jesus. My brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord. Remember, I love you. God loves you. Amen.